Hi, everyone. Before this episode starts, I want to say if you're listening to this on Wednesday, October 4th, there is an Amplify Her Networking Group meeting today at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're not listening to it at that time, don't even pay attention if it's not October 4th. But if you are listening to this before 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on October 4th, join this networking group. I would love to have you. Your first meeting is free. Um, The Amplify Her Networking Group is all about building community and connections and talking to women about their businesses and making more money. We have a meeting, like I mentioned, on October 4th, but our next meeting is on October 20th at the same time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Would love to have you as per usual. All right, let's hop into the episode. Oh, if you want to register for that meeting, it's amplifyhermedia.com backslash networking to sign up. Bye. Welcome to the Amplify Her Podcast. I am your host, Christina Singh, and the Amplify Her Podcast is all about amplifying and uplifting women's voices and stories. Welcome to a new episode. I am so excited about this interview. It is with Dr. Sandy Webster. She is an educator, a speaker. Um, She's an expert in marketing and analytics operations and a coach sultant as she likes to call herself. She is the CEO and Chief Learning Officer of Sandy Webster LLC. I know Sandy through networking. She is just someone whose name, whenever it's brought up, is always brought up in a way where it's, this is someone I've had as a mentor. This is an expert in the field. This is someone who truly knows her stuff. Sandy worked in the corporate world for 35 years, and she also built a successful company in that span of her career, which was incredible, to be honest. Her clients were Fortune 500 global public companies, um, and her company was eventually sold. She eventually sold her company, um, which tells you something about Sandy and the success that she's created in her life. Since she sold her company, she created her own brand and her own a new company <laughs> and um, is taking her expertise and continuing to help people build their businesses and in particular build advisory boards for their businesses. So one thing you should know about this episode is we definitely are going to have to have Sandy back, guys. Like, She was truly phenomenal, and I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface of her story. So this is really kind of, I'm going to consider part one because I already told her you have to come back. (laughs) Um, But I know that she'll be back, and I know that we're going to get to know more about Sandy, but enjoy her her history, her expertise, and, and some of the moments and lessons she's learned along the way. I had a blast during this interview. I can't wait for you to listen to it. Enjoy. Hi, 
Sadie, welcome to the Amplify Her podcast. First of all, do you want me to call you Dr. Webster or Sandy? Sandy's <laughs> just fine. Sandy's okay. perfect. Okay, great. So I am so thrilled that we've finally been able to connect. Um, I was a part of um, BNI for a long time, and your name popped up a lot. I believe you visited our chapter a long time ago as part of chapter 70. And um, you have been connected to some incredible people that I know, um, namely Trisha Tate and um, Nina. Um, oh my God, why am I blanking on Nina's last Gilford? name? Yes, yes, <laughs> Nina Guilford, um, who I, right. I adore her. Um, and I, I don't know if you remember this, but you and I connected at Trisha's conference right when COVID happened. And I have like a very particular memory of us talking about marketing in a group and me encouraging you and another woman to get on TikTok. (laughs) Or to you. Well, I have to say to you. Christina, that I'm now on TikTok. <gasps> I I actually probably right after that conversation, I made a, a personal video because a song that I love, Toots and the Matals, was playing on the radio at the time. And I started dancing and I said, Oh, I'll just record this. <laughs> and I, that's I am not known for for dancing uh, in public, like on a video. And I recorded it, and I went on TikTok. And then, like a whole year, it was right after we we had that discussion. Yeah. And I that was the only thing that was on TikTok That's for like so... whatever. <laughs> but recently, I was at another conference, mm-hmm. and they brought up TikTok, and I'm like, yeah, I remember I did that video, and so I started putting on one or two things maybe in the last two or three months oh my god on tiktok but business yes so check it out i will oh my gosh i'm gonna follow you right after this um i i know that you know whenever people have spoken about you or when i've been around you people have just gushed about you and um when doing research for this interview, I saw you have just like a very expansive career. And I knew that, but it's um it's been really wonderful to look at your information you have online and just, you know, the knowledge that I've kind of pieced together from other people and just really know that you are all about um expanding and growth and helping others. And I you know, in the creation of this show, I felt, you know, I started this show in 2019 and I was feeling like everyone had all the answers around me. And all of these women were making so much money, doing all these incredible things. And instead of just like logically going and asking them, I was like, I'm going to buy a mic and I'm going to interview them. (laughs) And it quickly turned into, oh, actually women's stories are so important and it's so important to shine a light on women's voices and get the word out there about our experiences because none of us know what we're doing. We're just all collectively figuring it out and trying to do our best. I want to start with your 35 year career. Like 
what was your career like before you branched out on your own? What did that look like for you? Well, first of all, when you mentioned 35 years, that means I'm old. (laughs) I definitely did not mean to say it like that. (laughs) But I am. Mm. I would not have the experience that I have if I wasn't at the age that I am now. So I I fully embrace that. You know, uh, 35 years just in business or in the work world, I have way longer. I've been working since I was 10 years old. Mm. Like working, working, making my own money and not needing a uh, an allowance from my mom, right? Wow. So if you go back now, you're talking 50 something years <laughs> instead of 35. But all of that has allowed me to be who I am today with a wealth of knowledge in all different areas. So yeah, before my 35, in my 35 year career, I've worked in work for myself. I had my own small entrepreneurial daycare thing before. And that taught me I've done every jobs from cleaning toilet to work, you know, working in big corporations, right. And, and being a manager. So I have all the steps on the ladder. I worked in corporate at a very junior level and I worked in corporate as an executive. So I, I worked my way up. I didn't skip any steps. And because of that, I know everything from A to C. Mm-hmm. Or most of, of what I've learned, whether in marketing or whether in you know the different careers. I always started out low man on the totem pole and moved my way up. So when I, I speak, it's from a place of knowledge. It's yeah. not somebody told me, it's I've done these things already. And that makes me a better coach today for coaching business owners because I can pinpoint exactly where they are right now in their in their work life or in their personal life and can speak to that because I've been there yeah. myself. So yeah. before, before I... I this career that I was in, let's start off from, you know, when I was in high school, I did a lot of mentoring and I also did a lot of internships. So I mentored younger ladies, uh, young girls, but then I was being mentored as well. And that really helped me to understand where I needed to go in the trajectory of my life. I, I don't come from a rich family. So I worked my way through school and it took a long time. I didn't, I wasn't that four year, you know, I graduate by the time I'm 21. Like, no, I had to work. I had to pay tuition. And so I changed schools multiple times. And finally, I think when I graduated with my undergrad, I was 28 or somewhere around there. Because, you know, sometimes I just didn't have the, I could only take three credits and thank God I could take those three credits. And so I understand the young person who's looking to go to school. And I speak to a lot of young girls all the time, especially high school girls saying, you know, you have this idea of what college will be and it might not be that. So keep an open mind. This is the time you have to keep an open eye, but you must 
persevere, right? You must continue on your path. And so for that's the message I really have for young people. Like just take everything and take it in, soak it all in, whatever experience you have. Yeah. And then when I went into the corporate world, this was in the late 80s. And there were not a, a lot of black people in the corporate world. I shouldn't say that. There were black people at lower level jobs. Mm. The security guard, the cafeteria worker, the male person who comes in. Those were the examples that you saw in corporate. Or like me, I had a great job because I was a secretary. Right. Right. And so back in the 80s, that was the role that they assigned to us. Even though I was a secretary, I was called a secretary, but I was really doing corporate work. <laughs> but that's yeah. the title that I got was a secretary. And so I saw that a lot and I decided I wanted, I, I'm more than a secretary and I want to be more. And so I had to start at the lowest rung of the ladder. Because that's what from you move from secretary, you might get to an account rep, you know, if, if your boss is good and move you out of that position, because once a secretary, always a secretary, right? Yeah, it's so interesting you say that because when I was first starting out in my career right out of college, I had somebody who worked for Cisco Systems, look at my resume, who was just like a friend, a friend's mom. And I was applying for a lot of executive assistant positions and things like, because it was like, oh, I can get in the door. Uh, and yeah. she told me, she said, don't you ever apply for that anymore? Because there's nothing wrong with applying for those positions, but it is very easy to get stuck in that position in thinking that you will continue to move up, especially for young women of color. And that best was one of the best advice. It was the best, best advice. Advice you ever got. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's true. But it depends where you are in your life, if you can afford to turn down those positions. 100%. Yeah. I ended up working for a bakery because I, I was like, yeah. well, I don't want to <laughs> get stuck in here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I took those positions because there were benefits that came along with that. 100%. Yeah. Whether it's insurance, you know, healthcare insurance, all those things. And as uh, an executive assistant, thank you, or administrative assistant, whatever we are called, I was getting paid twice the old job that I had where I was doing some information management things as a corporate executive assistant. And so that was very hard. You know, when I moved into corporate, the salary just went like from here to here, even at the lowest total man on the pole, right? Yeah. So I had to look at that. And then they gave 100% tuition. Wow. That was even more important to me yeah. because I was just taking three credits when I can and moving around. I went back to school full-time on the weekend, graduated with everything paid for, went on and got my MBA with everything paid for. 
Wow. And that was more important to me than getting the title or whatever it was. Yeah, that's very smart. And then you can't be denied. Mm -hmm. And they can't take it from you because it's all up here now. Right. And there is a piece of paper that said, you did this. Right. Well, what I admire so much about this conversation, you know, already regarding these roles like executive assistant or a secretary, things like that, administrative assistant is something that I'm really gleaming from you is that I was just talking to other people about is our careers are not linear and it's so easy to get caught up in the idea that they must be linear, that it must be linear and we must take a certain route. But even just hearing that you finished school, your undergraduate education at 28 because you needed to work or you took different opportunities because you it was going to support you financially. Um, it's so, and knowing kind of what comes down the line in your career as well, like our careers are not linear and you just speaking on that is making such, I'm just gleaming that so much from what you're saying. I don't think, I think people, the expectation, especially of parents, is that you'll go to school, you'll pick something, whether it's the something you want or not, but just, just pick something and stick to it for four years. <laughs> and I, I tried that in the beginning and I also didn't have a good counselor, right? So, because I didn't have those people around me to say, do this and do that. You can just finish it and get that piece of paper because it didn't really matter at the time what your degree was in. They just wanted you to have a degree. This is back in the dark ages. So it's just a little different. I mean, you when I went to school, very similar. Yeah. <laughs> and so I switched my... I switched what I wanted to do as, from, as a major. So I started in school. I went to a performing arts high school, and I just knew I was going to be the biggest Broadway star ever. I and, love it. Uh, I think I was at Brooklyn College. I was doing theater at Brooklyn College. And I realized all my friends are like waitresses, dog walkers, like the jobs you have to have waiting on that break, you take like the most transient of jobs. Like I can run to an audition here and they weren't making any money. I'm like, I'm not going to live like that. I can't live like that. Mm. So I switched my major. What that did for me and eventually my career was not good because I had to start all over again in a a new Mm. major. A lot of the theater things that I took didn't apply to marketing. And so now I am I fell further behind because now I'm starting all over again. If I had that person that say, Sandy, stick to it, just finish it out. And then when you go to grad school, do something in, a, in the major that you want. Mm. But I didn't have that. So I yeah. spent a couple of extra years and a couple of extra dollars 
trying to do that. And that impacts your career because you're relate. a late starter. Yeah, I can relate <laughs> to a lot of this. And I think, is this why you're so passionate now about mentoring others, about putting, you know, these pieces in place for other businesses? Because it's very difficult to walk in my footsteps and to walk in other people's footsteps. It's just easier for me to guide them a little bit because I've done that and I made the mistakes and I've also had the good things happen. So I try to help them skip some of those <laughs> mistakes, like jump from <laughs> A to G on, on that, because this is the path I went down. It didn't, you know, it, it took a longer time. And I saw other people who were able to coach their children and just say, go finish it. You have a year left or whatever, just finish it. And mm -hmm. then in grad school, do this. So now I'm able to do that for high school girls. Don't worry about what you go to school for now. Just get that first degree. And in today's world, uh, a bachelor's is really not. It's just a standard high school diploma kind of degree now. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, now mm -hmm. everyone want, needs grad school, right? So don't even worry. Don't even, you don't even have to go to a fancy schmancy school or Ivy League. Just go to a community college, then transfer, then get it the cheapest way you can, because that's another thing that's holding out. We just don't have the money. Right. Just get it with the cheapest credits you can at a decent school. And then you can go to a business school that you can right. pay for. Well, I think something that and, is also, oh, go ahead. No, that just impacts your whole life. Because if you can't get that first level of degree, you don't go much further in the corporate world. Yeah, I, I'm curious about your experience in the corporate world after, you know, going in for and going kind of into that next step after you had your your MBA what was what did that kind of growth look like for you it all seems like like you had said oh i've i've been there i've done this many times i've gone up the ladder up again you know what did that initial growth look like for you oh i can't say it was a big jump in terms of the jobs that i was doing because a part of, and I call it being a minority in, in corporate, mm -hmm. is you're doing two or three different jobs and two or three levels above what your title is. You're really speaking my language over here. That, that is typical of a minority person in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. So them giving me a, a title didn't mean my job changed. It just meant they were giving me the title that I should have had or the work that I was already doing. So I I started out executive assistant. I went to like account rep. And this is one company. I'm talking about one company. And I uh, uh, did account rep. Then I did assistant man. I, there were probably two levels in between there to assistant manager, then to a, a level one manager, then a level two manager, then a senior mm. manager, and then director. Like when I was at level one manager, I was already doing level three manager work. Now, I was already doing. 
Yeah. Did your pay correspond? Like, did you get increases? Interesting. Yeah. I I would get, I would get the increases commensurate to my level Mm -hmm. where I was. Now I might get bonuses because I'm doing such a, you know, above and beyond a great job and the bonuses really counted as they didn't put it as part of your salary, but it it gave you a big jump when you added. So I would get a lot of bonuses. I'd get a lot of rewards. I'd get all these awards and rewards, you know, all these different things, but you didn't have a title. And so when I went to grad school and got the title, then I saw not just a bigger jump in position, but also in salary. Mm. And when that happened, it sounds like there was a period of time where you just felt like people weren't really looking at the full picture of your worth and your value. That's typical. Yeah. When did that, has that gone away? When did that change? Yeah, that changed when I, when I became a director in a corporation at the director level, you're managing a budget, you're managing a full team and people, it, it wasn't anymore about Sandy who used to do this for most people. There are still people I meet today that said, weren't you a secretary? But let's leave that alone. Wow. They, that's true. Some people never let go of that. But what that gave me, both the degree and the management of people was uh, the groundwork to have my own business. Mm -hmm. That's where I started understanding what I can do, how corporate works, how I need to speak to people, how I need to manage my people. And all the time knowing one day I'm going to have my own business. So I might as well suck up every single piece of knowledge that I'm doing here. And after 9-11, I was a prime candidate to start my own business. Is that when you did that? Yes. Yeah. After 9-11, I let go from my corporate job. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Because I was tired. I was already in the company like 16, 16 to 18 years. And, you know, I'd moved up the ladder, but I was getting tired. I was like, okay, there's something else I can do. I'd like to do, but the money was so good. Right. That stability. And that's a thread throughout your experience really is like, you know, needing stability and taking your time or, you know, doing things in a way I've noticed is like that stability. And it's not, it's smart of you to, to have that and going out on your own is a big risk. And it's almost like somebody had to do, had to make that risk for you. They had to kick me out of the nest and having that 9-11 was for me, the biggest moment in my life Wow! because I started business. I would not have started my business or I started it later, but 9-11 was a perfect storm. I was in marketing. I met my business partner in my department where I was working and we had started talking about it two weeks before 9-11. Oh, wow. That, that we both wanted to have our own business, have our own company. 
And then when 9-11 happened, we're like, please let us go. <laughs> let us go. Let us out yeah. of here. And we did. I was thankful that I, because I worked there so long, I had a really good severance package. Mm. And that helped too, knowing I wouldn't have to worry about money while whatever was going on after 9-11 was going on. I didn't have to worry about money for quite a while and yeah. neither did my business. So that part of it was also a lesson that I learned you don't have to quit your job because when you quit, you have nothing. If there's an opportunity and I see being laid off as an opportunity mm. in the corporate world, and I took advantage of that opportunity and it was not a bad thing. People always say, you laid off, oh my God. Even my mom who comes from the old school world, when I said, I got laid off and I was laughing, she's like, why is that funny? You're laid off. What are we, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. There's a war going on. And like, this is like the best thing that's happened to me. Right. But she didn't understand that. But I saw that as an opportunity to right. try. And I was at an age where if I tried and failed, somebody would hire me. I was that known, well-known in my industry that people would be happy to get me back, especially competitors of the company where I was. That's so interesting because you're you've now leveraged your position where you can pour something in. You don't you know that you'll be okay. I think often, yeah. um, you know, there are people who maybe have that um, mindset of, oh my gosh, everything's horrible. I don't have a backup plan. What am I going to do? And it's like, well, the fact that you have all of this experience, that you know your worth, that you know you could easily go into something, that's really powerful. And I think such a great reminder for people listening, like, be be aware of your worth. You know? <laughs> like, be sure of that. And experience and knowledge goes a long, long way. Mm -hmm. Because some of the moves I made, I would not have done it in my younger self. I would not have done that. Mm -hmm. I would have not have known to do that. But acquiring the knowledge and saying, okay, I have up here a bunch of things that I can monetize. Yeah. Whether in another corporation or whether in my own business. And I said, let's try my business first, right? Let's try it. I'm a big trier. I mm. never fail at anything. I never fail because everything's a try. If it doesn't work out, I just move on to the next thing. And it's a good learning that I had. I learned how not to do something, right? Yeah. So I was always a teacher and a trier. And that really helped me in my life, in my career, because I'm not I'm not afraid to fail. I, I don't like failing, but I'm not afraid to. And I'm not afraid to take the learning that I had to put it someplace else that will make it a success. And oh, that's, that's gorgeous. I, I learned that in corporate. Yeah. Definitely. Oh my gosh. I can't believe we only have six minutes left, but I, you have to come back. <laughs> I would love to talk about the business that you built. Um, because I know, um, 
it's been quite a journey with that. And, and you've now started something different, but um, what did that look like? What was that business? That business was a marketing and analytic consulting business. And it started because I was working in a marketing capacity as a director in a Fortune 500 company. And so I knew a lot of other Fortune 500 companies who we had partnered with in my capacity. And after 9-11, my business partner and I realized everyone will need marketing because the world is in a, a perfect storm where you you had no employees, everyone let their employees go. So who's going to be doing the work? The work still had to get done. And even more so, you had to market yourself because people are forgetting about you. Or in the travel industry or financial services industry, people are worried about their money and about they, they can't travel. So now you have to even do more, go over the top with the marketing of that. It was perfect for us. And the other thing that was perfect for us was there were a lot of laid off marketers, particularly women. And we realized while we were in corporate that when a woman had their second child, they tend to leave the corporate world wow. because they couldn't manage the 90 hour work week with two kids yeah it's pretty unreasonable corporate at the time time was not into part-time work or working from home as much right even though I used to work from home a lot but it was an anomaly you just didn't get that and so they would just leave and that's talent walking out the door like Ivy League talent people who worked maybe 20 or 15 years to get to an executive level. And now they feel, ah, now my career is solid. I can have my kids. But no, you have your kids and you can't, they say you can't have it all. So you choose the kids. But what happens to that talent? So we tapped into that marketplace of women who were home and say, you can work from home if you work for us. And this is in 2002. You can work from home. You can choose your hours. You can choose your projects that you want. If you want to work three months, completely full out, going into a corporation, doing everything for three months, and then you want to take the summer off with your kids, we'll only give you those kind of projects. If you want to work from home, and just work on a productivity level, not a by the hour level, we will give you that. So if it takes you one hour to get the job done and you have the rest of it, we don't care. We just care that you produce the best possible work for our clients. This is incredible because you're, I mean, this is only really coming into the dialogue now. Like, in the greater context now of work from home, life balance, the struggles that mothers have. I talk constantly on the show about domestic labor, unseen labor, paid leave, childcare support, all of these things. It is amazing that, you know, 20 years ago, you were doing this. How did this impact your business? 
it grew my business astronomically. We went from, well, first Peggy and I started out as the consultants. Peggy McHale is my business partner. We were the consultants because we had the knowledge up here. And so we were just caught in that we had too many jobs and we needed help. So we said we needed to get some other people to help us. So we started hiring consultants, these work from home moms as our consultants and place them on the projects. But then it got so big, we had to stop working, which is another lesson to let stuff go and do the business of the business was also very hard because we're the ones people knew. So we had to hire, we had to train, we had to get a sales team, we had to put HR in place and the business was just growing, 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 doubling revenues year over year. And that's how we grew. And we grew to being on the 5,000 fastest growing companies, especially as females, was a big deal for us. Yeah. And we'd make the in 5,000 year over year. We joined the Women's Presidents Organization, which is for women with revenues over a million dollars. And it just, we, put our soul into that business. Yeah. And we saw the benefits of that. Right. And the benefits of supporting women where they are in their lives and building them up and using that talent. I think that's phenomenal. Your company was um, purchased, correct? Yes, we sold our company in 2016 and we sold it to men. <laughs> <laughs> we were such a female-centric company. We were about 85% female at, at that point. And we were working very hard. One of our slogans was, I need a man. Because we wanted to hire more men into the company for diversity. Yeah, reasons. They do bring a different outlook into the company. And we wanted to have more diverse perspectives, not just color wise, but in gender. And so we started bringing more men into the company. But yes, we sold to a man which changed the entire culture mm. of the company. Peggy and I worked with them for two years to transition the company to create some stability. And now they are probably, they might make a billion dollars this year. Wow. That company. So I wouldn't be surprised. Wow. And with these lessons that you've learned through supporting women, what has been something that you're, you're taking forward and like, you know, really having this mentality at the foundation of your business of like supporting talent, supporting people where they are in their lives, growing and like really investing and believing in the sauce, I guess I would say like, what, what is something that you've really taken from that experience into this chapter of your business world now? The biggest takeaway I have is that stick to itiveness is everything. A lot of us before we try and if it doesn't work, we're like, okay, we're done. 
you can try something else. And with that, I also learn, I, I think I mentioned from every failure that I have, everything didn't work perfectly, but we didn't just say, oh, I'm done. We tried something else or we went to classes. I'm a big, comp I, I take so many classes, it's ridiculous, even today, even right now, whether they're free, whether they're paid for, whether it's in webinar form, whether it's, I'm just, I, I love learning about things that I don't know. And if I have something that I need or I don't know, I'll go take a class. Somebody else knows it better than I do. And then I'll incorporate that back into, into my business. So all these things are, are just things I've learned as I went along from not always winning, but sometimes failing and making sure that I get a lesson out of it when I fail. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really beautiful. And I think that, um, you know, you've touched on women of color also being so impacted and so affected by these changes in, in the workplace and having that second child or, you know, coming into a space where you were given a lower um, position. And I think it is so powerful that you have taken that experience and become a mentor for others, built a business where people can felt, feel supported and you want to place systems and structures in place for others. Um, I know you have to dash soon, so I want to be mindful of your time. Um, I would love to have you back to talk about the ins and outs of what you do now that we've talked about your larger story. Um, but in your next chapter, can you just briefly touch on what your business is now after you sold your your first large, large company? Now I help coach women to grow their own businesses because as I said, I've been through the process. I've been through building the company, selling the company, and helping to transition the company, you know, that exiting is, is can be really horrible on your employees. If you just walk away, they feel deserted. So we had a transition period where they knew I was there, that they knew I was still helping the company to progress. And then after I left, I saw before I left, a lot of women when they no longer have their company, they felt like they were nothing. They just didn't know what to do with themselves. Their identities just disappeared along with the job. And to me, it was just a job. And I, I've worn many other hats. We've talked about all the hats I've had from secretary to whatever. And that was, to me, was just another hat that I wore. So, okay, what is my next? I identified while I was in business business that a lot of these women did not have a board, an advisory board. And an advisory board for us was something we started out from the very beginning of our company, maybe one or two years in. And it really helped us to grow our business. The talent that we had on the board, we changed when we needed it. And the advice that they gave us was absolutely 100%, I should say 150%, I'll give them that credit, that it pushed us towards growing the business and selling the business. 
when we got and getting ready to sell the business so that by the time we got there, we were ready. Yeah. So the preparation process was a, a big part of that. And now I help women form their own advisory boards because most entrepreneurs, big or small, just don't have one. And they're missing out on getting help. A lot of times, if you're small, you can have a free unpaid advisory board that's totally volunteers from corporate that can help you. Mm. So I will, uh, that's something I'm passionate about doing right now. Oh, beautiful. Well, I know you have to dash, but I would love to have you back on to talk all about in depth about your work. Thank you for being here. Um, People can find you at your website. We'll link everything in um, the show notes. And just thank you so much for your time today. No, thank thank you. Thanks for having me on. And I should have you on my podcast. I would love that. (laughs) I would love that. Okay. Well, never forget, if you're listening to this, your story matters and your voice matters. And I will see you on the next episode of the Amplify Her podcast. Bye, everyone. I am so grateful that you've listened to this episode of the Amplify Her podcast. If you're listening to this and you don't follow the show, one thing that would help the show tremendously is if you open that Apple app, if you're listening to it on Apple, click on the title of the show and on the top right hand corner, click that plus sign so you don't miss an episode. Not only does it help me to grow this show, but it helps you to be in the loop when episodes drop every Wednesday and every Friday. If you're listening to this show on Spotify, click on the show title of this episode to take you to the full listing of them and click follow. That way you won't miss a new episode as it comes out. For more information about the Amplify Her podcast, Amplify Her media, and the Amplify Her networking group, head to www.amplifyhermedia.com.